0: Hello everybody, welcome to the Have You Ever Played podcast, the only podcast that simps for Deckard Kane. I am Matt, aka Matt Fondude, and I'm with my co-host.
1: Yes, I'm James, aka James04E. And this
0: week we're going to get right into it. This is the Diablo <coughs> forecast. Uh We're going to be talking about Diablo 4, a game I didn't think I was going oh to buy, and then I realized literally everyone I knew was buying it, and it's a multiplayer type beat so you kind of want to get in on that you know yep uh so james you're substantially further into the game than i am i've been a casual enjoyer uh so we'll have kind of two perspectives in terms of you know from a very casual standpoint and someone who's you know spending more time Mm -hmm. but i guess let's just open it up with what are your initial impressions of, of diablo 4
1: um initially i think it's pretty good i think that my experience so far has been pretty fun and considering i've been leveling on on whirlwind barbarian that's saying something that usually really sucks um but i do have a bit of a concern about the the sort of longevity of the game because i think that some of the builds are a little weak and i think that the build variety is kind of lacking right now and not even just in a oh you can like do this but you won't be like super efficient but like literally you will like die on on like lots of content if you're doing a like a a different build because they really nerfed some of the builds especially from the beta
0: yeah i am playing currently a necromancer right now uh one of my favorite archetypes from diablo in arpgs i'm either the spin to win guy or the necromancer summons guy Mm-hmm. and uh i think i can relate to what you just said there because I- i've already been reading up a little bit and apparently like pure summons builds are like absolute garbage for late yeah. game which i i mean fair enough summoner is usually kind of bad mm-hmm. if, if, like pure summoning because i mean you really don't do much at a certain point uh as summoner in games i guess so i could see that but it is a little sad that I'm working toward an end game of misery, you know? Yeah.
1: I think what's also a little sad to me for some of the things is lots of the builds that aren't viable are, like, the cool new things. Like, um, like for Barbarian, all the cool new abilities, like, you know, the chains, the, the upheaval, um, you know, the, the kick, and, like, Charger, some of them aren't new, but, like, stuff that wasn't so prominent before, you know? It it's still just not 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 really an option. Like, like why, why would I take kick when I can just whirlwind people down? Why would I take a chain that makes me pull three characters and do a little bit of damage when, like, I can just whirlwind them down?
0: Yeah, and I think we're going to bounce around a bit uh, with our experiences with the game, but I, I do think you're touching on something that I'm also a little concerned about. Mm. Uh, I think this game's one of the game's greatest strengths is kind of its accessibility. And um, I think for newcomers, you could easily dive into this game. I I think it's never been more accessible. Uh, It's very easy to just play the game and you don't Mm -hmm. really have to worry about things like skill refunds. And I I, I feel like I can experiment with a build and not feel too bad about it. Uh, That being said, like you said, you know, you can make a bad character build and just not be able to play but at least you can respect uh in the game and it seems yeah. to be kind of a minimal punishment for that
1: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah like i yeah as i was saying before especially with the necromancer thing what it what, that i was noticing it's like you know you have all these cool options with like different kinds of skeletons like i think including the subjects, there's like nine of them and they're all just bad
0: yeah, yeah like, it yeah. seems like there is a select I'm I'm, I'm following a build loosely mm-hmm. uh as I play the game just to kind of get an idea of what there is to do and it seems as though there is a clear winner in each category for the most part um it's like I'm using like a heart like a scythe skeleton which their ability is it generates corpses without having to get kills and mm-hmm. Uh, as someone who's played Necromancer in, like, Diablo 2 and other games. Yeah, it, it kind of sucked when your whole crew would get wiped and you couldn't resummon them on, like, bigger boss fights that didn't really have adds as much. Mm-hmm. Um, so that just seems like a really good choice. But then again, like, I don't know why I would necessarily choose the other... Like, there's, like, a defensive skeleton class. It's like, I, I don't know. Maybe there's a crazy build that uses them. But it just seems like, I why would I care? But again the way they streamlined choosing your minions is it's so accessible like it's very straightforward Mm -hmm. i don't i have one button that summons all skeletons i don't have to like have 500 buttons and i i believe a lot of that is due to the fact that they really focused on making this game controller accessible especially with diablo 3 was controller accessible but i think this Mm -hmm. game is like i'm playing primarily with a controller which is weird for this kind of a game, but I've I'm uh, exclusively using a controller <laughs> to get ready to play on my Steam Deck, uh, mm-hmm. which I had to jump through a few hoops to get it to work on the Steam Deck, and it runs at forty and your forty frames a second. It's actually pretty nice, but it makes your Steam Deck sound like it's going to blow up because it is like high load of CPU and GPU. Yeah, <laughs> but this accessibility
1: again i think it's
0: it's great strength and maybe it'll be a weakness later on i don't know what you
1: think about that i think that it should mostly be a strength i don't see i can't really think of any downsides to it right now at least um yeah but i've also since i'm a bit farther in the game i've also been playing a little bit more of the story and it's okay i think it's a little too dialogue heavy at times the characters kind of ramble on and I understand it is that kind of game but also lots of it just kind of doesn't matter to to be 100% honest
0: you see as someone who I've always skipped dialogue in Mm -hmm. Diablo games specifically because usually it doesn't Hmm. matter and you're going to be playing replaying the content so many times that you'll get the gist of it Uh, I'm really trying to follow the story in this game but here's kind of the problem, and we can start with our kind of initial experiences with the launch of the game. Uh, mm-hmm. But when you play in a group of friends and you have some people who don't want to listen to the story at all, and then you have some people who are a little bit ahead of you or some people who are behind you, you kind of feel like a jerk sitting there watching like a couple minute long cutscene while your friends are like you know twiddling their thumbs. Uh, so you do almost feel pressured into skipping. The, the story, regardless, even though I tried to listen to it, I feel bad mm-hmm. for making my friends, you know, sit through stuff they've already seen.
1: Yeah, I mean, when that happens, I just pull up Reddit. <laughs> pull up yeah, the old I, Diablo Reddit and see what silly stuff people are saying.
0: I think the issue is not,
1: it, not the dialogue. Maybe it's because
0: there are literally full-on cutscenes that, like, stop the gameplay. And they're not just, like, sometimes the characters will talk while you're doing stuff. But sometimes you'll just be sitting there, and a like a five minute cutscene will play, and you know I we yeah. I, can skip it, but it's a little bit of a an issue. But I don't know how they would really solve that.
1: Yeah, I think the the big thing for me as far as the the dialogue is gone is the um not the cutscenes, but like the, the like conversations with some characters because they will like they will go on sometimes. And I don't, I don't like skipping the conversations because, like, uh, it, back in the beta, I remember I skipped something very early in the game, and then when when I was at the end of it, I'm like, wait, I got kidnapped. This guy came up and saved me. It was totally badass. And I woke up, and these guys are like trying to f- feed me blood and shit like that. And It's like, what, what the hell? This is this is. I I miss so much. I can't skip another cutscene now. Yeah,
0: like the story does seem. So, yeah, I, I I feel like the story is actually pretty interesting in terms of, like, I'm engaged by it more so than just, okay, I'm immediately going to skip through this. Like, I want to give it a chance. Mm-hmm. But, again, I, I don't know if you're really playing Diablo for the story. So, I think yeah. it's passable either way. Uh, I think the I,
1: overarching story is good. Mm-hmm. I think, like, the, again, the, some of the details. Like, the narration, when when they're narrating the, the di- like the the monologue stuff are fantastic. When the characters are going back and forth, that's when it gets a little a little rough at times, especially when it's like characters you maybe don't care about as much yet. Uh sometimes it feels like they're trying a little hard to for, to get you to like sympathize with them. Yeah,
0: it feels to me and I, I mean I I didn't really play a lot of Diablo 3. Uh I had that game at launch and that game had a notoriously bad launch and um so i i don't really know about the more modern diablo games but are there all like was there a lot of characters in that game that were trying to be like these like named characters that have their own full little like storylines and actually seem like you know they're trying to make them something i i I distinctly at least from my experience with diablo 2 there are characters and stuff like that but i really was just like hitting my face against mobs and not really paying attention at all to anything that was going on it's like I would be in the yeah. desert at one point and be like that's cool Um. so yeah story again not really a huge priority for me yeah. in, in these kind of games
1: I think a big thing is like the characters don't very frequently do things that are memorable and there are lots of them also aren't funny there is one very funny character actually who you'll meet later and there's also there's also some Deckard Kane references which I think you'll you'll enjoy <laughs> but but, um, yeah there is one really funny character but outside of that there isn't there isn't too much at least in the main story i haven't done i've done some side quests to get my renown up but i haven't done like you know all of them or anything like that
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i I think uh we should probably talk a little bit about the launch itself and how Mm -hmm. uneventful it was at least i didn't really notice any issues at all which is surprising
1: yeah i didn't notice anything either the The only time I had any sort of server issues was actually today because they were doing maintenance and they were like, yeah, the servers aren't going down, but you know, you're going to, you're going to have some occasional outages and I had like one outage, but like it was pretty good, especially compared to normal, normal blizzard or even valve maintenance where it's like down for a bit. There was essentially no downtime.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming the betas and all of that content, all of the, uh, the the preview events really mm-hmm. helped with the server load in some way or they really tried to make sure that i don't think you could be the company that releases diablo 3 and then release diablo 4 and have it also have a terrible launch where no one can play the game i think they really like very much focused on making it as smooth as they could because mm-hmm. you know it would be pretty embarrassing especially with the state of blizzard right now and overwatch 2 and the fan reception to that game and how you know no one seems to be in favor of uh, blizzard too much anymore they kind of needed
1: a win yeah definitely i think also the early access for people that pre-ordered the costlier versions and also them essentially launching the game a day early i think helped a lot with the just amount of people signing on at the same time on launch you know like I, I guess for games that are similar to Diablo, I, I wouldn't mind seeing that sort of pre-order early access and things like that. Like, obviously, for for games where everybody really, really cares about the story or, like, multiplayer games, it won't quite work. But for, like, more farm-heavy, not even just necessarily ARPGs, but I guess, I guess it's more RPGs. I can see them getting away with that.
0: You know, it is kind of funny. This game is kind of like so- a soft MMO in a way, which yeah. uh, uh, PoE, Path of Exile, uh, is also you know, in the similar vein. And I believe Diablo 3 mm-hmm. Diablo had online elements, notably the real-world cash store that they eventually
1: oh, uh, God.
0: decided was a bad idea. But <laughs> this game, I, I-, I really f- I like the MMO feel and how there's things to do in like an overworld. There's kind of like these world events and there's dungeons that seem to have permanent effects on... Uh, th- when you clear one of those dungeons, did that unlock it for every character on that account, or just that character?
1: Um Yes, so when you clear a dungeon, <clears throat> you'll get a- essentially a legendary upgrade in your Codex of Power, I think it was called. And how that works is you can basically either pick a rare or a legendary, and you can imprint that upgrade onto it. So the rare will upgrade to a legendary and the legendary will basically change what its upgrade is.
0: And yeah, so I I, think I'm a fan Yeah, it was of really, any kind of that content.
1: Yeah, I think it was especially really cool because I didn't, I, I had this one thing in my codex that I really wanted for my build, and I just put it on, on a ring. I didn't even have to farm for it or anything like that. And obviously the codex doesn't have every single upgrade possible. I don't think um and also there are there are unique tier things that are even better than anything you get out of your codex so it's not like there's there's no farming to be done but it's definitely really helpful for just getting your character off the ground
0: it's also just a nice incentive to do these random side dungeons yeah and i think again this game has a lot of features like that where there's it feels like they're incentivizing some exploration i don't know what the random generation is i'm assuming everything is still just randomly it's procedurally generated but using different like sets of environments i don't know are the are the main storyline areas procedurally generated
1: i think the main storyline areas are always the same but the dungeons and things like that are procedurally generated i can confirm Mm -hmm. that because i actually uh when the servers did go out for like a minute I was in, I was near the end of a dungeon and I redid it and it was it was like a same assets but different layout.
0: Now I guess the over is the overworld also always the same? Because they do have those hidden statues around.
1: I think the overworld is always the same,
0: yeah. hmm Okay. I, I, I would have to imagine because I wouldn't under I didn't understand how they would have they have these hidden statues which I believe are permanent upgrades. Are yeah, those just for the characters? Or are those for account-wide? I forget. I think
1: it's Mm account-wide. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh, I really like that feature. I don't know if anything similar was in Diablo 3. Another game I can compare this to from my frame of reference is Lost Ark, which is an ARPG MMO. Mm -hmm. And there seems to be a lot of things that are in Lost Ark that are in Diablo 4, like the dodge (laughs) mechanic and the... Like, finding those statues, there's like a Korok seed kind of mechanic in Lost Ark that is Mm -hmm. like that too. So a lot of things I enjoyed from that game seem to be making an appearance here. Um, I'm wondering if they took inspiration at all from that. Uh, I'm assuming they also took inspiration from Path of Exile, a contemporary to Diablo, which has a huge fan base.
1: Yep, the... (laughs) The classic. Why would I play? Why would I pay seventy dollars for Diablo when I can just play Path of Exile?
0: Yeah, um, I do notice a lot of fans comparing Path of Exile Ag- or being a little disappointed at the new Diablo. I think these are the more hardcore fans. I think this mm-hmm. game is kind of almost designed again for newer players, maybe, and maybe maybe people who aren't as in depth because. Uh there are if you look up in, in Path of Exile or the game Grim Dawn, which is another ARPG, um their skill trees are very like the Path of Exile skill tree is massive. It's every character interweaved into one skill tree. So you can make crazy build diversity. Uh mm-hmm. and Diablo, obviously, Diablo 4 does not have that same kind of build diversity whatsoever. Which, honestly, to someone who is frightened by the massive Path of Exile skill tree, I kind of appreciate it in a way that it's a little more simple, but I can understand why people who have played through these games so many times would want to have that flexibility, especially people who love making builds.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I personally don't really find it to be that necessary because so I think that if the game is balanced properly with all of the skills and options, people have more than enough to work with if they want to like redo their builds. And I think that at a certain point, people do need to ask whether they're just looking to play a different character because while the paths of exile skill tree is huge and has lots of options, there are very clear like paths that go with a specific play style.
0: That is true. I, I I think there is a lot of fluff in Path of Exile in terms of like oh look at this node gives you plus one HP point and this node gives you yeah this and, and such and such. And then there's those milestone really game changing um, perks that really change a build. So I could see uh-huh. that. Uh, I, I do think it made the game a lot more limited in in terms of build variety of your classes but again this game just came out i'm sure it's going to get some form of support and dlc maybe an expansion that will wildly uh increase the game
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and i also think that compared to path of exile leveling up in diablo does feel or diablo in diablo 4 specifically does feel a little bit more impactful because there aren't really that many filler uh like skill points like there are passives in the tree of course but those are mostly for after you've already gotten everything you want in your build and you just want to be doing things a little bit better. And even then, there are some pretty impactful ones in there. So I don't I don't necessarily think it's it's underwhelming for the most part.
0: Yeah, I, I really enjoy the split in terms of a lot of abilities seem to have a core ability, and then you can upgrade a split variation of that ability to try to mm. like uh, kind of make your build a little more tailored to your playstyle yeah uh, i'm finding that to be kind of interesting again i could see why people who are used to having these crazy build options would find it kind of lackluster but as mm-hmm. someone who does not play a lot of these games often i i'm having a good time just going on and you know having fun which i think is a good quality for a game to have you know yeah. actually being fun um but again it is it is a very safe game it they don't seem to have really shook up the formula at all that much to be honest but it's safe and good and um i, I don't know how long the length of the game is i mean it's kind of subjective anyway because you can replay it and there's options for that No. Yeah. but it feels like the game, again, pricing, we should probably talk about that a little bit. It's a $70 game at the lowest tier of yeah. payment. Uh, it's a $70 game with a cash shop, which is like, I okay, I mean, cosmetics. Not great, but I get it. Modern gaming, games as a service. But, yes,
1: yeah, $70. Is it worth $70? I guess, James, do you want to take the floor on that? I think one day it could be worth $70. I think currently it's... It's probably still a sixty dollar game, and I also think there's a there's a big debate of whether any game is truly worth seventy dollars. I mean, like the worth of a game is so variable that it would that like for most people, I think the average that it would come out to is is definitely left less, less than seventy. Hmm.
0: I I kind of derive my formula for worth of a game almost like by hour. If I if I'm gonna if I'm gonna put like one hour is like equals $1, which is not necessarily mm-hmm. the case for some games. Some experiences are very short and worth it. Uh, but a game like this, this is meant to be replayable and have a lot of, you know, staying power. So if mm-hmm. I can get 60 hours or 70 hours of enjoyment out of this game, then it will be worth it to me, mm-hmm. I guess. But like you said, yeah, I know eventually the game will probably be a lot better, especially after like an expansion or something like that, when the base game goes free to play and they add an expansion and a battle pass. Is there a battle pass in the game right now, by the way? I think someone said something. Um, So the battle pass
1: is coming out with season one, but technically we're in season zero right now.
0: Mm hmm. That (laughs) I feel as though any game with a battle pass, it's eventually going to go free to play. It's gonna. We'll get some sort of hat for buying the game early, and uh, we'll be like, "Why did we pay seventy dollars for a game that's free with a battle pass?" Which yeah. is a little scummy, but whatever. I don't. I don't know. Games these days need to be an infinity money treadmill. Yeah. As well, they get I think bigger. it's.
1: I think I. I understand the idea. It's because you need to be able to support, uh, continued development on the game. Because, like, I know for. Diablo 3 right like they weren't getting as, like more income from the game release, really, so they just kind of stopped working on it at a certain point but yeah yeah I mean it is what it is I think, if, content... yeah, I, I think Go that if yeah I think that if the content was more I, I don't know what their plans are for expansion so it's kind of hard to say but as far as seasons and stuff like that assuming that they plan on having them be regular like more like other live service games I, I can see why they would feel the need to include include stuff like that
0: yeah I mean it just makes sense from a, a get, getting money perspective as a business I'm assuming all of the cash shop items are cosmetic which is fine yeah. I also a Diablo for me is not a game that I care at all what my character looks like I'm gonna be like scrimbly blimblow and run around wearing like no shirt like an idiot in the snow like i don't care what my character looks like so i mean for the people who do care yeah they can spend the money it's like 25 dollars for horse armor or whatever um these mounts that just cost honestly i think i have a problem with blizzard in general their skin pricing i don't know how much mm-hmm. they compare to other games but i have experience with overwatch 2 and then now in diablo but, like, Overwatch 2 has an issue where, like, skins are, like, $25 or more, and it's, like, mm-hmm. I it's kind of crazy pricing for what yeah. you get in these games. So, but you don't have to buy it, you know? It's because consumers are going to buy it, so. Someone's out here buying these skins, and I was one of those people with the One Punch Man skins, so I can't complain too
1: much. Man, yeah, they really got you with the One Punch Man skins.
0: Yeah, even honestly they don't look that great. And I also came to find out later that most of those skins are actually reskins of other skins with some additional things, which is you whatever. Um but yeah, I I don't know. So Diablo 4. I think the verdict is right now, at least in terms of how I'm enjoying it. Um I'm gonna keep playing it and I'm having fun. If you like Diablo it's fun. I don't think there's anything horrible about it or like game-breaking. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's just a fun time. It's just like a turn-off-your-brain kind of game.
1: Yep, it's a it's a big thumbs-up for me. Mm-hmm. Um, One thing to talk about, their marketing has been really good apparently. um, uh, They had a tweet where it was like Megan Fox was saying, like, if you submit a clip of you dying, I, I might... There's a chance that I'll commentate it or something like that. So they got all the... <laughs> They they got a lot of people doing that. Apparently, they, they did a collaboration with KFC. Oh, that's good. Is it like a skin? Did they make Diablo real? Um, I'm looking at it right now.
0: Did they make a spicy variant of a sauce or chicken to coincide with the So it looks Diablo? like you get
1: a weapon. Wait, what? $5 required oh, it's like a weapon skin. I see. What, what oh is it like God, a bucket of chicken or something? I, I don't know. It, there's not, like, there's not <laughs> pictures, but it's apparently each class just gets a... They get a, they get a weapon, a weapon skin. Me, Perfect. Me I mean, it's, it
0: sounds like great marketing since you don't know what it is.
1: I mean, sheesh. Oh, man.
0: Well, I, yeah. A game this big also doesn't really <laughs> need to market itself that much. It's like, if you're going to play it, you're going to play it. You kind of know at this point. Wait, th- um, these...
1: These cosmetics are actually pretty funny. There's a there's a scythe called the Foul Reaper.
0: The Foul Reaper? Yeah. Oh, Foul as in the bird. Yeah, yeah type. I like
1: it. Uh the there's the Dread Pheasant Slayer. Oh, Vessel of the Eleven series. I have no idea what that has to do with KFC. Thrumbling Axel. Oh,
0: Eleven Herbs and Spices.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Thrumbling Axel series and Hand of Gallus. Huh. yeah I don't, I don't really get that one but yeah how do you how does one
0: get these skin do you have to do i have to buy some delicious <clears throat> kfc
1: um yes it seems like so it says if you pick up a qualifying purchase on the kfc website or through the app in stores doesn't count you'll unlock oh. a reward there's a minimum of spend of around five dollars to secure these cosmetics and reportedly the easiest way easiest way to secure them is to buy a chick classic chicken sandwich
0: Sorry, right, James. Hear me out. KFC. Let's go to KFC this weekend. We're gonna <laughs> order. I honestly, I just kind of want to get
1: KFC because KFC kind of hits different sometimes, even though it's kind of bad. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. I my my recent experiences with KFC haven't been good.
0: No, I know. Like it. It's honestly, it's it can slap, but it can be so bad. Like it can be the worst. Uh, I I think of all fast food consistency wise it could either be like heaven or hell you know you're either getting like the best fast food it's also like 40 dollars because it's just chicken you know it's crazy expensive Mm
1: -hmm.
0: but um it'll be worth it for that that weapons those weapon skins um but yeah so good marketing i i think my the 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 greatest endorsement i could have for this game is the fact that i'm thinking about oh i want to go play it as soon as this podcast ends you know mm-hmm. so i think that's a good endorsement it's fun yes go if, if you it's too, a little too expensive but that's all games now <laughs> wait to, for it to go on sale if you're on the fence but if you want to play a game if you want that itch give it a shot it's, it's pretty fun
1: good fun game mm-hmm.
0: all right so that is our diablo discussion down for now uh, yes. James, have you been playing anything else this week? Have you been doing anything else besides Diablo? Uh, not much new.
1: I mean, did I... Oh, wait. Actually, did I talk about Friends versus Friends yet? I can't remember. I don't
0: think... You... No, no, you didn't, but didn't okay. you send something? I saw... I saw someone sent something, a picture... No, someone in my Discord sent something about that on the Twitter, their Twitter post. Is that what you're gonna see. be
1: talking about? Um... Not oh, specifically the Twitter post, but like, yeah, it's a game I've been playing. It's um, it's basically one v one or two v two. It's an FPS. So there's cards that just have wacky abilities, and yeah, I don't hmm. know, it's so fun to play with friends. So, uh, there's a game called Rounds. I don't know if it's f-
0: similar. There's a, it's mm-hmm. a roguelike like one v one card shooter, but it's like a side scroller. Uh, yeah. It sounds vaguely similar. That looks cool. I'm looking at it right now. It's like Borderlands esque looking. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean it's cel shaded.
1: <laughs> yeah, Borderlands <laughs> invented cel shading.
0: Yeah, literally, like everything. Uh, I've been playing Bendy in the Dark Rev or Bendy in the Ink Machine, the first game. That game cel shaded. I'm like, oh yeah, Borderlands. Mm-hmm. Um. So how? So what does that game? Does that have online? multi uh, oh i'm looking at the page it
1: does have online yeah. multiplayer yeah it's 1v1 or 2v2 the net code is really bad like horrendous oh so uh i would not uh, so recommend it's a unity with... game yeah i would not recommend playing with anybody who doesn't have a stable connection so <laughs> probably only do private matches
0: yeah yikes all i knew about this game by the way i didn't actually know anything about it someone in my my discord the matt fondue discord join now Post it uh, a tweet the developers made I think let me let me fact check this live on the stream real quick just to make sure it was the developers, um, where did they even send this my degenerates from my thing oh yeah here we go uh f I think this is the developers but they tweet it hey friends v- friends vs friends came out a week ago and the reception has been incredible we didn't expect it we also wanted to say that if you can't afford the game. Uh, we have our open... We have opened... Wait, what? We have
1: it, open our DMs. Their DMs are also, open. Yeah.
0: Their DMs are open. Now, I, I don't know how to take that. I don't know if this is like... They put a heart, too. I don't know if that's like a, yo, bro, like, we got you. If you can't afford it, we'll hook you up.
1: Yeah, I, I think they're saying they'll gift you the game.
0: Or this is like, bro, like, we're going like, to, c- like, come at us you can't afford ten bucks at us. <laughs> like our DMs are open. Fight me,
1: or it can be like a like, an, a like you're broke. We're gonna break your kneecaps, kind of thing.
0: Yeah, or I'm getting kind of like a hey, you know, maybe you can't afford the game. Maybe there's another way you could pay. You know, God. our DMs are open. So it's like it's it's giving chaotic and like sinister energy. Regardless, chaotic I don't know and what,
1: sinister energy.
0: I don't know what to make of it. I'm getting very sinister energy from it but uh yeah i i think it, i mean a ten dollar cooperative or a pvp based little like game for your friends is always a good good time
1: yep you um, can fight your friends
0: let's <laughs> see I, I mean my week wise i um uh, i purchased we love katamari I have not played it yet. Uh, It is the remake, Relove Katamari Reroll. It is the remake of the second Katamari game, which is apparently widely considered to be the best Katamari game. Uh, The game originally came out on PS2. And the first Katamari game is fantastic. And I'm very excited to play this one. Uh, Apparently, (laughs) so the first remake was 30 FPS locked and kind of a weird stinky port. It's still a great Mm -hmm. game. Kind of stinky. Uh, we love Katamari, I believe, is unlocked 60. Good port. They learn from their mistakes and is great. So I'm very excited to play it. Uh, I'm going to be playing that on the Steam Deck. I'm waiting to travel to play that game. Uh, so I have that in the docket. And I've been getting a lot of games ready, prepped for traveling. Uh, I've been really messing around with the Steam Deck, trying to get Epic Games and Battle.net games to work because I got Diablo 4 to work Mm -hmm. on the Steam Deck. Uh, It is pretty janky. There's a lot of different ways of getting third-party launchers to work on Steam Deck, but they're all pretty janky and uh, just makes me sad that the only reason I need Epic Games is to get Kingdom Hearts, which is... Not on Steam still. I, I'm sure it'll come to Steam one day and I'll rebuy those games on Steam because I am a loser who doesn't even like those games. <laughs> um, it's just nostalgia hits different. Um, but yeah, like it, it would be nice. It would be nice to just have easy things, but I don't know. Tinkering is fun too.
1: I heckin' love tinkering.
0: Yeah, uh, we've talked about you haven't played the Kingdom Hearts games, right? Because you were an Xboxer. Yes. Or like not a PlayStationer. Yeah, I mean I, I
1: always knew of them, but no, I didn't really play them. Mhm.
0: I uh I tried to stream the, so I I have a, an ongoing critical mode, which is like the hardest difficulty uh stream of the second game, and I tried playing it on stream the other day after not playing that game for probably over a year. And I just had no idea what was going on. And I, again, I I'm faced with the this is probably not a good game to stream because there's hour long cutscenes. Which like, do I talk over it? Do I make jokes? But Half the time, it's like I kind of want to hear this, and you know, it's not Man. not the best. Or it's me getting one shot by a giant face boss because I'm in like the hard difficulty. So I'm like, I can't even. I, I'm I'm like either turbo focusing on not looking like a fool. Or I'm in a cutscene. So I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's not the move. Oh man. Um I think I mean for games, yeah, I think that's pretty much what I've been playing. I, I I I played Hello Neighbor on stream and uh that game. Do you remember seeing that? Do you know Hello Neighbor at all? Uh no, I do not. Google a picture of it. Uh, you probably have seen the guy. Like it's a very like iconic indie game, like iconic looking indie game. Hello, neighbor. It's like got There's like a guy in his like sweater thing.
1: Oh yeah, I've seen this.
0: Yeah, th- that's what I was like before playing it. I've, I had only seen it, mm-hmm. and I didn't really know what to expect. Um, yeah, that game is like a buggy trash fire <laughs> of a m- mess. It's kind of fun. Like, the funny thing is, apparently, the pre-alphas of that game were actually fun, and then the full release, they just destroyed everything that was fun about the game and changed the art style and just did everything, and no one seems to like it, really. Um, It is fun, in a way, because the physics are so buggy that you can glitch your way into anything and, like, fly around the map and just dumb Mm -hmm. things happen, and you can, like, The whole point is it's like this open kind of concept puzzle game where you have a neighbor person who constantly tries to catch you, and if he catches you, it, like, restarts the level pretty much. Um, Problem is it's just annoying overall to play. Like, nothing is really that fun about it. The most fun you can have is, like, walking into trash cans and then having them send you into space, and it's funny because, like, the physics don't work.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: But it's just like this game that I thought was from seeing trailers and seeing how popular it is i thought it was supposed to be this really great experience but it really is just not like if you tried to play the game seriously you would just not really have any fun it's just kind of boring puzzles um but yeah that's that's kind of my mini review on that i I think we should probably head into the the questions now if you agree
1: sure i'm down for some questions
0: let me, let me read the... Uh, well, here we go. If you have a question you want to send us, or an anecdote, or a story, or if you're the developers for Hello Neighbor and want to yell at me, uh, please send your mail to podcast at gmail.com. That is the podcast at gmail.com. Uh, James, why don't you kick us off with one of these delicious, curated questions? Oh, boy. You could take your pick oh, from the list. And then I will find one to ask you. All right, I'm I gonna really like, gotta, scope I this I really out a little bit. Gotta look at
1: these. Gotta get a good one. Yeah, we,
0: <laughs> we both like didn't really. Re- I like I was. I vaguely looked at some of these questions.
1: Uh. Oh, I've got a good oh, one. Man. Hi, podcast hosts. I'm curious <laughs> if there are any, are any games from your childhood that you think had memorable boss battles.
0: Memorable boss fights. Hmm. All right,
1: I've got mine.
0: Yeah, take it. Take it away.
1: This game only had one boss fight, and I remember it very distinctly because I actually think I screamed when it ended. (laughs) So this game was Halo 3, (laughs) and the Guilty struck boss fight was one of the most disappointing experiences of my entire life. I I start fighting it. It just dies, and I'm like, what was that? <laughs> this is like the only boss in the entire game. <laughs> or I guess actually oh, there there was a scarab boss fight. I can't I can't say that. But it was it was like it was so hyped up. <laughs> like it was so insanely built up and I just shoot shoot it a little bit and it's just dead. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I never I didn't even realize those games had I guess they don't really have boss fights if that's he- how you he- describe does have it. a
1: few. Halo Two mostly had had the had the, like the good ones. I'll I'll say the quote unquote good ones because they're they're FPS the, boss fights. They can't be that great. This was our
0: divide because again, as a PlayStation person, I just couldn't play Halo. So like, mm-hmm. I just if I didn't I didn't grow up with it, I just never you know never really got into those games at all. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that sounds so you went with a you went with a disappointing but memorable boss fight. Yeah. I was thinking like like hard or like frustrating um, I'm gonna go with two. I'll do a quick one first. Uh, since we were talking about Kingdom Hearts 2, a classic boss fight. Um, that game has a lot of actually really good boss fights and back in the day there were some unskippable cutscenes and there was a notorious boss. Uh, there is, I forget his actual name, but he's the Dance Water Dance Organization 13 member guy. And uh, he has a boss fight where you have to kill a certain amount of enemies. There's like a timer. And if you don't kill them, the game ends. And you have to like watch the whole big cutscene. He says like, dance, water, dance. And it's really mm. annoying. And um, again, I, it just was too hard for my child to brain. Like I couldn't do it. <laughs> um. There was a lot of things like that. Just roadblocks. Um, I think if I'm going to go memorable, though, like my brain went toward Dark Souls. I think the first like asylum demon boss fight is like iconic because it it sets the tone for that entire game like franchise. As someone who never played Demon Souls at first, I played Dark Souls. That's so my first game. And mm-hmm. you just get absolutely bodied by that boss at first. And you're like, how is this possible? Even even once you get a weapon in that little tutorial area, it feels insurmountable to beat that boss. And I mean, honorable mention to dark souls three, where it actually maybe is insurmountable to beat that starting game boss for some people. But, mm-hmm. um, I think from soft first bosses are all pretty iconic.
1: Yeah. I think generally. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like Bloodborne, Think of bloodborne, like <laughs> the bosses oh, yeah. in that game. Uh, like, gas coin or whatever however you're supposed to actually say this very think, french um, name
1: i just think uh, technically i think you're supposed to do the cleric beast first oh for you some are reason it's possible to skip it
0: yeah you are and <laughs> I, I skipped it by accident and i think a lot of people did that yeah and fought him first and he is like oh this game isn't messing around like you really gotta get good uh yeah. in bloodborne
1: I don't even remember the reason why you had to do the cleric beast. I just know you had to do it at a certain point. It's like a bridge. There's a bridge
0: that you can go on and it's yeah. supposed to be like a trap or whatever. It's like a, a substantially easier boss. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, just like just these like introduction bosses. I think those games, I mean, they're basically designed to, you you know, fight bosses in. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: all right. Um, I got a question for you, James. Okay. <laughs> What are some games that you played when you were younger? I guess it doesn't have to be when you were younger. But what are some games you've played that have really unique power-ups or items?
1: Really unique power-ups or items.
0: Mm-hmm. I kind of have one in mind if you want to think about it. Yeah, I got to think about it for um, a bit. Now, I immediately went toward... Well, actually, you know what? I'll talk about my brain immediately went toward the the Mario New Super Mario for the DS, which doesn't really have unique power-ups, but it has some of the most banger power-ups in the Mario series. Uh it's got the the I'm going to I'll rank them in terms of like kind of whatever to like the best one. You got the mini mushroom, which in itself it makes you small and floaty, but it um it like unlocks the potential for a bunch of secrets and I always thought it was cool to get mini mario and then you have Mm -hmm. the mega mushroom which is basically a cutscene. you just become big and blow everything up but i remember finding that to be awesome too just like destroying everything but the best power up i think in any mario game and most people can agree the blue shell power up in that game where you just gain a shell which is already cool because now you're in a koopa shell but you can run and duck and then you become like a, an active projectile. And it's just so fun. It is so fun to use and just run around being a projectile. Uh, you would always die like immediately because it's, you know, pretty dangerous to use, but it, it is one of the most satisfying power-ups uh, to use for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. I've got a bit of an atypical answer, I guess. <clears throat> So in Gears of War three, there was a mode called Beast Mode, and so Gears of War has always had Horde Mode, where it's like um, you're fighting against a horde of like the aliens, and it's wave based. Um, but in Beast Mode, instead, you're playing as the aliens, and so what would happen is each round or each wave, I think there were like it was capped at twelve waves, but each wave you would have you would have like a buy phase where you could buy a different. Uh, a different uh, locust, which is the like the alien species. And so as you get more money, obviously you can buy better ones. And I remember the the one that I enjoyed the most was the Berserker. And um, if you don't know about Gears of War, the whole idea of the Berserker is it's like really strong, you know, brute force, but it, it literally cannot see. So <laughs> so when you finally get the berserker, you step in and you realize I am literally blind that's pretty great so it's like your whole thing is you have all this power but you can't see past like two feet in front of you
0: well wow, that's that's a really interesting mechanic that i don't think a lot of games utilize you know that idea of just you can't see you're just like spraying prey although i mean it could be kind of bs in in a way there's some there's something to be said about just like yeah, imagine putting in a, like a competitive-based shooter nowadays. Just like, yeah, this mechanic you can't see, but if you get lucky enough, you'll just kill everyone. Yeah, but it it does it sounds fun but frustrating for yeah. The...
1: The, the Berserker was only melee, I believe, and the whole the whole thing is you could charge, so mm-hmm. you basically do this charge all the way across the room that you can't see, and you just right, <laughs> you hit something and just run into a wall.
0: Oh man yeah that that oh, sounds yeah. that, that sounds like i don't know um that sounds fun and ridiculous which i think a good power-up should be in uh, in the games like that yeah um all right i think and i've already lost track of did you uh, you asked that question all right look imagine going back and forth it's too many uh, i, I to asked one of. and
1: then you asked that one
0: okay i completely forgot It's too many, one, two things is too many things to keep track of. So if you want to ask me another thing, hit me. All right. We'll delete these as we go from the docket so we don't ask them 15 times on the podcast. Mm Because I already thought that was going to probably happen.
1: All right, wait, let me make sure I delete mine. I deleted yours. Okay, sick. Let's see. We're just, we're,
0: we're scrolling through our docket of questions right now
1: quite a quite a few
0: quite a nice variety yeah i I took whatever questions we had and just kind of simplified it for us although now we're overwhelmed by
1: choice yeah okay i got one hey podcast hosts what are some games (laughs) that you played when you were younger that you think had really great writing or dialogue
0: Oh, I wonder that's gonna skew because as a kid, I think your your opinion of what's really great writing and dialogue may very much vary.
1: Yeah. So I think what, what's interesting about this one, I actually think it has to be something that I've replayed. Mm-hmm. Because oh man, there were so many games I played that ended up having really bad dialogue when I when I went back and replayed them. Um Yeah, I guess I can go first. I yeah, think go for it. Uh, you know, to go back to Halo again. Halo Two had actually fantastic dialogue. Like it, it was extremely good, and both dialogue and like the the speeches and stuff, and like just like literally almost almost every line was just like great. Like, um, I need to look up the like the Grave Mind introduction from Halo Two. Because mm-hmm. uh, he he says something that was so fucking cool.
0: He's like John. Like he was like, like somebody it's asked like who he Halo. was and
1: he said something about like, I, I am the monument to all your sins or something like that. <laughs> oh my God. Um, Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Like I've got a list of quotes. Like this is not your grave, but you're welcome in it. Uh, this one is machine and nerve and it has its mind concluded this one, but flesh and faith and is the more diluted. Uh, Oh my God. Like literally every line that this character said was just banger fantastic and then and then he started talking more in halo 3 and it got uh yeah yeah he yeah i there, there's a reason he didn't make a physical appearance in halo 3 i can already tell
0: <laughs> um i think for my i i can't really think of like childhood games necessarily uh i go toward like some well you know what i'll, I'll give an example i think as a kid, the Sly Cooper games on PS2, that series, like one through three, I don't necessarily think it's the best di- written dialogue, but uh, the relationships between the characters and the story of that game, I really enjoyed. As like a, it felt like you were playing like an animated show or like a movie. It's framed in a way too with like these interstitial cutscenes where uh it'll it sets up the story and there's like a bunch of different things that happened and you're going after like a big bad in an area and then the big enemy of that area will like talk to you and stuff throughout the the level and uh mm-hmm. you know some crazy things happen in that game like there are some main characters like the uh, like all right vague spoilers but there is a main character in the cast who gets like permanently disabled in one of the games <laughs> like and and like gets a horror, and it causes an issue where a character who used to be a goofy, funny guy who would fight people all the time, uh, gave up fighting and becomes a pacifist, and it becomes like a huge issue for like the, the one of the games. He has, yeah, it's a he has to like fight the fact that he couldn't save his friend. Good um, Lord. yeah, and it's really tongue in cheek and stuff, but like honestly it was pretty compelling for a little wee baby child. And I, and I have played the first game again recently, and it really does hold up pretty well. Um,
1: Oh man. I, I I can't take this seriously because I know the Sly Cooper (laughs) characters are all like animals. I just imagine a frog losing its legs. You're not wrong. The frog's legs. You're like, Oh no. He has like a whole midlife
0: crisis. (laughs) You're not that far off to be honest. Um, no, those games are fun. Um, I I'm gonna give some quick shout outs to contemporary examples. Omori, fantastic game. Uh, Omori is so good. Uh, and the recent God of War 2018 that I played, uh, sucked me mm-hmm. in and was like <clears throat> one of the most like engaging games I've played in a long time. Yeah, uh, the dialogue story in that game is fantastic. Awesome in that game. And uh, Chester Christopher Judge still he's still giving his speech at the uh the game oh, awards. No uh that video got blocked in all countries by the way uh what because it had it had footage of the mario movie in it from their trailer it got blocked in all countries our our coverage of uh the game awards which is very epic
1: wow that's kind of insane uh
0: also shouts to persona series for great dialogue well corny but like fun engaging dialogue all right i got a question for you buddy boy okay uh i'm curious If there are any games, it doesn't have to be from childhood. A lot of childhood-based. Yeah, it seems very,
1: very based on our childhoods.
0: All right, what games have you played that have a really unique control scheme or input method?
1: I got a couple of them. Oh man, I don't actually play many of those. Um,
0: It's just a game with weird control schemes.
1: Game with a weird control scheme. I played. I tried playing Skullgirls once. It's like a fighting game. And yeah. There's like eight attack buttons, and yeah. they go in like the most bizarre places by default. <laughs> like you'll have like kick one on B and kick two on L two, and it's like what? It, I love how why, you're. Why, describing, why are they on opposite ends?
0: You're just describing fighting games on pad, and it's so funny yeah. to me. And I, the game probably has like macros for like pressing <clears throat> combined buttons or whatever um yeah <laughs> just i guess you're not wrong like all fighting games without a like a fight stick do have kind of weird control schemes
1: well the thing with that with that one is it's specifically like from the beginning it's built to be a competitive fighting game from what i know mm-hmm. so you know i've played like i've played like mortal Kombat, like um the dragon ball z fighting games injustice stuff like that now it's fine with those control schemes because most of them have like four attacks tops and then you have like your your block and like ultimate buttons. You have a like block
0: that. button, yes. Oh in uh, yes, yep. the,
1: in- Injustice actually didn't have a block button. That really threw me off. <laughs> oh uh, man, the,
0: the concept of holding back to block—it took me a crazy amount of time to, for some reason, to just like wrap that in my head. Like to—I I don't know. I for someone who—I I, I mean, I play fighting games now, not as much anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have got my fight stick literally collecting dust in the background um Hmm. but yeah i um i don't know like it's weird a lot of mechanics from if if it's your first fighting game ever it's kind of hard to get into those because you have to do inputs and yeah holding black to block some games have parry mechanics and
1: yeah just frames i'm personally fine with holding back for block as long as you do something with the now unused button like i remember injustice did like nothing with that button i was really confused but Mm -hmm. apparently that's a very uh like eastern like or like japanese i guess thing the holding back to block oh yeah yeah
0: like a lot of i think the only games i can really think of that have block buttons is kind of like those midway um yeah mortal kombat games they're a lot slower and more you know impact i guess whereas Mm -hmm. hyper fighters and Playing, uh, playing a game like Guilty Gear, even Guilty Gear Strive, which is like a new, the newer one, which is more simplified. Like learning Roman cancels and what different colored Roman cancels do and stuff is just like mechanics, and you know, mechanics on mechanics on mechanics.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I think, uh, my games will be uh, all like a lot of my. I think a lot of my uh games experiences are like Sony based, so um ape escape comes to mind first uh, of a mechanic that game is based fully that series is fully based around weird mechanics um the first game came out on ps1 i believe it is one of the games that was either bundled or uh like it needed a analog controller Mm -hmm. so the ps1 by default doesn't have an analog controller uh but they they sold an analog controller for it and you move around with the left stick and you use your net with the right stick, or and use gadgets with the right stick. And that game has uh, you like spin like a hula hoop with the right stick, you mimic that to run on things, and you have a slingshot like it really uses the thumbsticks in weird ways. Um, definitely a pretty good series, very mm-hmm. weird control scheme. Um, again, honorable mentions. Patapon, the rhythm game that you it's like a rhythm strategy is thing. Really good. Um and Katamari, which is also using both sticks to move around, so mm-hmm. good game. Uh you wanna do you wanna do one more question, you think? Uh, yeah, let's let's end sure. it with one more question.
1: Let's see.
0: One more take us home. Um I'm scouring them too. Jeez, for, yeah,
1: these are. Oh, they're reference. all like when you were younger, man.
0: Well, I yeah, I I basically <laughs> fed the prompt, a uh, similar prompt to that, and that just happened. You, you don't ignore that if you want. <laughs> yeah, when you were a, when you were just born out the womb, what was your favorite Mario game that started with the letter M?
1: Man. Uh, okay. Hey, podcast hosts. <laughs> what are some games that you played when you were younger that you think had really unique mechanics or gameplay?
0: I mean, similar. I guess similar um, to what I said with, like, Patapon. Um, I could dive a little more into that. I think that game is really interesting because it's a rhythm game. Mm. But it's it's a rhythm game with Monster Hunter-esque grinding and upgrading mechanics <sighs> that's side scroll. that's like a side-scroller... And like, there's a lot of really cool PSP games like that. Um, a lot of cool, weird mechanic PSP games. I-, I would say, for me, the Patapon series is definitely pretty out there in terms of mechanics. Mm-hmm. What about you?
1: Um, for me, I've got a good one. I think. Uh, so Vanquish. Actually, mm-hmm. um, this isn't this wasn't too popular of a game, but it um. So the general idea was it was a third-person cover shooter, but your character could essentially instantly slide, uh, jump off that slide, and you also had multiple melee attacks, and you had the ability to slow down time. And so I actually don't... I can't remember if this game had, like, a like a combo meter or something, but you could do combos that were very similar to, like, a, a Devil May Cry game or something like that.
0: Smoking. Isn't Vanquish... Is Vanquish pla- a Platinum game? uh Platinum's sure. games game, yeah, Platinum okay. games. Yep. So that yes, uh people, yeah, Yeah. actual action game. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm.
1: yeah. But it was it was really really fun. I I really wish there was a sequel.
0: Um, from the director Shinji Mikami of Resident <laughs> Evil.
1: But yeah, I don't know. Just like really good, uh, interweaving between like melee and shooting combat, which hey, if you, yeah, isn't very good most of the time. It,
0: if you liked Vanquish, you should play Bayonetta 1 through 3 and or any other Platinum game. <laughs> or, uh, yeah, like Devil May Cry 5. Yeah. Or something like that. All right. I've been Matt, a.k.a. Matt Dude. You can find me on Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Matt Fondude. I'll be there doing what I do.
1: Yep. And I have been James, a.k.a. James04E. You can also find me on Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube. I'll be there maybe doing what I do sometimes.
0: All right. I'll catch you at the KFC checkout line. Goodbye, everybody. (laughs)